Time Out on the WYSL stations is brought to you by Victor Chevrolet and Victor Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. I like this. Ramsey Lewis. I like anything by Ramsey Lewis. Yeah, I love the live atmosphere, too, the shouting, clinking of drinks. Always does that in his studio albums. What about his live albums? Are those done in the studio? Yeah. They sound of course. Just, they, they sound just like the studio. <laughs> and, of course, this is uh, the Fab Four doing a hard day's night. 60 years ago today, as we record the show, uh, the Fab Four landed in JFK, and you know things were never the same. Took the States by storm. They were headed for Sullivan, weren't they? Possibly, maybe. I think. Yeah. It was a tour. I don't know if the tour included the Sullivan show or not. I know it was in February. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. The audience is singing along. So anyways, this is Time Out, and it's show number 190. I'm Nozzle. I'm Superstar. And today we've got Spoons with us. No, uh, Deirdre Stevenson, and she is the owner of the Sutton Company, the Sutton Company, which if you've never heard of it, where have you been? Living under a rock? They sell fine fishing tackle in the uh, hamlet of Naples, New York. They're at 120 South Main Street. And uh, welcome, Deirdre. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate the invite. When I uh, was touring Naples back in October, uh, I stumbled into your store, and I could not believe my eyes. This is like a blast from the past. And I'm talking you know, anywhere from the 30s to the 50s. You can find you've got the old adding machine with the, with the pull-down handle. Yes. Now, is that your regular cash register? or? Oh, yes. Th- yeah. And, and are the are the are the units uh, you know set up so that it's like with current time and, and cash and, and currency amounts? Because I know the American Hotel, you're sitting in there and you hear cha ching cha ching cha ching cha ching cha ching cha ching cha ching, because the cash register has such low units, they have to keep hitting it to get it to get you know to to pay your bill. No, actually, it's got um, a keyboard and. So there's letters down one side so you can determine the category you're putting it in. And then I could do put in, oh, my goodness, up to $10,000. Okay. You know, it's it's got it's got a thousands column, a hundred. Oh, okay. Tens, ones, and then, the, and then the change. Sweet. Yeah, by the way, I've got a lot of pictures. I'm going to be putting them on the Time Out Radio Facebook page. And I'm pretty sure that adding machine is a Burroughs machine, correct? Yes. Yeah. When does that date from? Pre us buying the store. That's yeah. that was left with us from the previous owners. The Tony's Tobies left us the cash register, um, a big safe in the back that's got their name on it, that roll top desk, all of the tables, all of the display counters. Beautiful. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves, superstar. Yeah. Can you can you, uh, can we imbibe a little uh, on the show here? Just imbibe. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you'd never ask. Set the mood just a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, so why don't we go back to the beginning. Um, You said the Tobys built the building in the 1860s. Yes. Now, they were known for what? The Toby family was created a a business doing high-end men's clothing. So originally, it was all like ready-bought type stuff. Um, but back then everybody wore suits. They all wore shirts and collars and ties. And so they had all, anything you could possibly need to 
be ready for your day. Hats. Hats, yes. I'm, in the 1860s, I bet you they were top hats, right? Did you used to wear a top hat, Superstar? <laughs> yeah, in school. Right, absolutely. <laughs> and you were saying uh, you saw some pictures on, on some roller coaster, right? Yeah, if, if you look at vintage pictures of folks in amusement parks, I mean, you'd see guys on the jackrabbit wearing a coat and a tie. That's hilarious. They didn't have a hat because the hat would be long gone. Uh, but that was, you know, I, I do remember... Uh, grew up in Livonia, and we would go to uh, – my dad would take us out of the house every Saturday because my mom gave piano lessons to get us out from underfoot. We'd go into Rochester, and I remember my parents you know, surveying what my brother and I were wearing, and she said, you're not going to Rochester dressed like that. You know, if you went to Rochester, you dressed up for it because mm-hmm. it's a classy place. Yeah. Uh, so they sold ready-made gentlemen's clothing in the 1860s. And then the, the store that you occupy today at 120 South Main Street in Naples, again, the Sutton Company. I don't know if you're supposed to pronounce the T's or not. We usually go Sutton, and then you never know what it is. So I'm going to say Sutton, S-U-T-T-O-N. Um, that was renovated. When was the store renovated? Well, the Tobys renovated the store in 1898. Oh, yeah. Very up-to-date then. Up-to-date. Yeah. They needed to put an addition on the back because they started doing tailoring. Oh, okay. So they needed room to do custom tailoring. And then um, they wanted better display windows in the in the front. So, uh, yeah, totally redid the front. They moved out of the building. They moved into another building in Naples while all of those renovations were done. Uh, we bought the building, We well, we moved into the building in 1944, leasing it from the Toby family, and bought it outright in the end of 46. Now, this is your grandfather. My grandfather, mm-hmm. Jack thir- Stafford. Jack Stafford, okay. Um, is it time to do a tidbit? We're not really into the internet or the uh, interview mm-hmm. section proper. It can be. Why don't we do that? We'll come Just back. Make and a wish, and we'll, we'll make do it a happen. tidbit, yeah. and we'll come back and talk to Deirdre Stevenson about the Sutton Company and their most famous product, the Sutton Spoon. Now, all you fishermen out there know what we're talking about, so don't touch that dial. Here's the latest timeout tidbit. We got Dan Erickson in the studio today. How are you feeling today? Oh, pretty good today. Good. So we're talking about model train shows. As we know, Dan runs Leafs Sales and Service on uh, County Road 14 in Honeyoy Falls. You all probably have been there. I hope so. And um, you go, you buy and sell a lot of stuff at train shows, I understand. Well, what do you do mostly? Sell, probably, correct? Yeah, I, I, I try to sell a lot more than I than I buy, um, but you know you, you have to find inventory because the part of the business I really deal with is uh, older, more vintage type of uh, train items in HO scale or Lionel or any of the collectible trains. So that's what I basically look for. But uh, my primary outlet for train products is at train shows. That's where I seem to do the best, and I like the train shows because you have the interaction with the people uh, rather than interacting with the post office sending it to people so it's it's a little more more fun to to sell trains at the uh, at a show 
So you have options. You can. You've mentioned the internet, and we know that your your uh, small engine repair shop also sells model trains. So c- compare and contrast. You know, let's let's do flea market first. That's probably not that great, I would guess. No. Internet, I don't know. Um, you know, you got a lot of competition there. Your store, uh, how do you do at the store? I do pretty well. The the store seems to work well with. I have a lot of regulars that have dealt with me over the years, and they like to come to the shop and and uh, look around. Uh, the way our trains are set up at the shop is. It's almost like a uh, treasure hunt. You have to uh, look around. You can poke through boxes I have and and kind of find stuff uh, buried here and there. Uh, I do have you know a lot of things on display too. So it, the regulars seem to like the 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 chance of coming and finding something that they might have not found other places. Um, the flea market. Usually, I use the flea market we set up there. I've used that to find items to resell. And anything I take to the flea market is usually lower end or part stuff or pieces of things. And uh, I try to get rid of all the the dregs of collections at the flea market because you can't realize the price at the flea market for uh, the better items. Uh, we do sell on the internet. The internet comes into play is is that things that don't sell well in this general area, that might be Western railroads, and that would sell better um, out west. Is that you hit that uh, audience, and you also hit a larger audience for items that might not be as desirable around here, but other places where trains aren't um, as accessible with hobby shops and everything. Uh, people do a lot more mail order and buying on eBay and that type of thing. So we hit that market. But our primary um, best place to sell where you get a large enough crowd and a large enough interest is the train show itself. Let me. You, you mentioned uh, the flea markets and finding uh, not the best stuff. You, I think you used the word dregs. So, but you, but well, that's you, pretty much where I sell my stuff that isn't quite the best. But that's but, just me. But there's other people there selling you know, collections or the house clean out or a state sale or something. Well, let's touch on one more subject on this tidbit. Let's, let's go down. Uh, I know you repair equipment, you repair model trains, you know, you, you persevere and you find, you know, the right part and uh, make things run again. So how are flea markets for finding, say, you know, donor pieces like an, an old Lionel engine you might, or, or, or a box car and you say, Gee, I don't really need that whole thing, but look at the trucks on that, or the door, or the hardware. Well, yeah, you know, can Oca- you... occasionally I do find things like that at the the flea market. Um, it takes a lot of looking. It, it's it's just it goes back to the train show. It's primarily what it is. Is that you get a lot of dealers bringing in all their excess stuff and part stuff, and it, sometimes it's a little easier to find a donor part or a donor uh, train or something for something you're trying to repair. And a lot of times, too, is I buy stuff with the, and I put it away f- for the potential that, oh, I'll find that part or that replacement piece to put that back into service. Because most of my repair work, I don't do too much for uh, clients. I do most of my repair work just for things I want to restore, rehab, to resell. Oh, yeah. And finally, uh, there's a show coming up, the show in Hamburg. Yeah, there's an upcoming uh, train show in Hamburg. Um, it's the 17th and 18th of February. 
It's at the Agri Center. Um, it's also the casinos there. That's where the um, they have the um, the county fair is there. They have uh, Christmas time. They have a, a whole display of Christmas lights, and it's it's located right in Hamburg. And it's a fairly large show. There's a lot of dealers. There's a lot of uh, operating layouts. So it's very interesting for people that are either in the hobby, been in the hobby for a long time, or for new people that want to get a taste of what the model the train uh, hobby is like. So there's anything and everything you'd want. It's also a toy show. So the, for the toy collectors and people interested in vintage toys, uh, it's a good show to go to, too. So there's a lot of interest there. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming in and sharing that information with us, Dan. See you on the next one. Oh, thank you. Yeah, again, Dan's going to be in uh, Hamburg for the Hamburg train show. Look him up. You'll be glad you did. And, of course, we're going to do uh, sell a little washing powder, hopefully in a big orange box. And we'll be back to talk to Deirdre Stevenson of the Sutton Company in Naples. The Time Out Radio Show. your new year outright with your new ride from the great selection at Victor Chevrolet. Now, lease a 2024 Chevy Trax 1 RS front-wheel drive for just $2.59 a month for 36 months. Get the cold weather safety and capability of a 2024 Chevy Silverado LT Crew Cab, just $3.49 a month for 36 months. And then, there's the 24 Chevy Equinox all-wheel drive LT at only $2.49 a month for 27 months. $2,500 cash or trade equity at closing. Tier 1 credit approved lessee responsible for repairs and maintenance. Must have lease and household for all these lease deals. Conditions apply. Get details at dealer. All factory rebates, incentives, and discounts waived. Whether you drive a Chevy or not, trust your vehicle to our Chevy certified service department. And check our great used vehicle inventory, too. Come see how easy it is to do business with us. Together, let's drive at Victor Chevrolet, Route 96 in Victor. Visit victorchevrolet.com. Stop, look, and listen. It's getting colder outside. Is your layout a train wreck? Get on board and visit Leafs for model train supplies and get back on track. That's Leafs Sales and Service, your source for model train supplies. Located at 9328 County Road 14 in West Bloomfield. Open Tuesday through Thursday 9 to 6, Friday 9 to 5, and Saturday 9 to 2. Call Leafs today at 585-624-4295. That's 585-624-4295. Time Out Radio Show on the WYSL stations. Yeah, we're back. We're talking with Deirdre Stevenson of the Sutton Company in Naples. And their uh, primary, most well-known product is called a spoon. It's the Sutton Spoon. And what that is is a fishing lure that they make in-house. And you can go there, and I'm sure she'd be happy to... uh, give you the uh, nickel tour of the place Uh, they've been making those spoons for a long time the same way right yes tell us about that process okay well we started making spoons the the stafford family started making sutton spoons in 1930 and uh 
with the equipment from Scott Sutton, who was the originator of Sutton Spoons. And so back then, everything was cut out with tin snips. So you'd cut, cut each spoon out individually, and then they were all filed to get any sharpers off because you don't want your clients cutting their fingers open on their fishing lures. And from there, then um, the model number of the spoon is stamped onto it. So every spoon has a different model number. Um, Our most famous one is the Sutton 44. And so the number 44 is stamped on the top side of the spoon up towards um, the front, Mm -hmm. by the front hole. And then under that is... Um, currently stamped uh, Sutton Company, Naples, New York. Now, back then, the logo, how they stamped it, was a little bit different, but the premise was the same. It still had the model number. It still had Sutton Company on it. And um, then once that is done, (laughs) then depending on the type of spoon it is, uh, what weight it is, determines what happens next. So we have basically three different styles of spoons. Uh, flutter spoons, which are extremely lightweight. Like you, you can't measure the weight of them on a regular scale. And they're designed to move really slow through the water for lake trout because lake trout are lazy. And if they have to work for their food, they will just give up and go away. So needed something that you could put in the water and it looks like a fish going through the water and Lakers will go after it. Then there's a spinning weight spoon, which is also used for trolling. You use it for, um, you go a little bit faster because uh, if you go as slow as you do with the flutters, it'll just sink. And then we have spoons that um, are either lightweight or heavier that are called fixed single spoons, and they use those for um, fishing off the bottom. We call it pulling copper because you use copper wire. You attach them to copper wire and just pull them along the bottom. And those spoons have the hooks actually bolted onto them. little sidebar there. Yeah. Can I get into some technical, uh, sure. get into the weeds a little bit here? So where do you buy you know, your, your little cardboard boxes of the stock, the metal stock? Where does that come from? Uh, we buy it by the coil. We oh. buy our we buy our, our oh, and then metal. You, you actually stamp those out yourself. Yes. And then how do you get that distressed, if you will? That that that, that the hammered pattern. The hammer pattern. Yeah. We have um, we have molds uh, to stamp with. Uh, the top piece is um, stainless steel, and that never goes away. But underneath it to stamp into. We actually make the bottom part of the stamp out of lead. So when that wears away and doesn't make the pattern well anymore, we melt it down, <laughs> re-pour it in, stamp it down so we've got an exact... Um, How often does that have to be done? Uh, we're doing that about every two years. Okay, wow. So you get a lot of use out we of it. We get a lot of use out of it. But I'll pour three or four at a time. I see. So, you know, You're we don't have to we we're good for a while. Mm-hmm. What else is on the on the spoon? You got your hooks, of course. Now where right. do, where do the hooks come from? Uh we mostly use mustad. 
Um, I do have some eagle claws when because uh, we couldn't get the right size in the mustad for a little bit. Um, and so they we buy those directly from mustad in bulk. So they sit in boxes everywhere around the back of the store. Yeah, like what, like what is considered a bulk? Do you buy it by the pound or you know? uh, no by a piece? But you know, like I'll buy in. The average person goes into a store to buy hooks. They buy a box of five or twenty-five, fifty maybe. You know, if if they're really avid. Yeah, and those long plastic bags. I remember yeah. the eagle claw, like the slightly faded photograph, like a blue and white, not black and white, blue and white picture of a fisherman with the like the red on it and stuff. Yeah. You know, I've been there. I, I've I've fished a few times yeah. in my life. Yeah. So the trebles. But you buy them in use, ten thousand. I, I buy them like. We used to buy them like bulk in ten, twenty five thousand. They'd come like in a crate kind of thing. Uh they don't really sell them to the us that way anymore, but I get them in boxes of a thousand. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, if I order ten thousand hooks from Mustad, I will get ten boxes of a thousand hooks. Yeah, go ahead, Superstar. Yeah, quick question. Uh now you mentioned, Deirdre, that you that you're not a fisher person. You don't like to fish, you don't like to eat fish. <laughs> Uh, but you seem so knowledgeable about this. How, how did you accumulate all this, all this wisdom? All this wisdom. Uh, I started working at my father's store in the store when I was 15. And my job was basically to do whatever needed to be done that, you know, didn't require a whole lot of expertise. Like I wasn't allowed to, to um, run any of the, machi- the machinery by the time I was working there, we had a hydraulic press to use to stamp out the spoons so they weren't hand cut anymore and um, to do the forming, um, which we'll talk more about later. But I watch a lot. I like to learn things. I like to know things. And so even though I didn't fish myself, I had to be able to cater to fishermen. I needed to understand what they wanted. I needed to learn the language because they'd come in. For example, they would come in and say, do you have any Christmas trees? And the first time someone did that to me, I was like, I'm a fishing store. Why would I have Christmas trees? (laughs) And so I went and I got my father and I said, they want Christmas trees. I don't know what that is, Dad. Hmm. And he'd say... You know what they are. He goes, go, go up there. He said, the lure Jensen's. They string out whole string of of lures all, to, all all together. All those blades. That's a Christmas tree. I'm like, why didn't you well, say? Why so? didn't they say so? <clears throat> and you know, I could go up and I'd say, here you go. Here's the Christmas trees. And um, you know, they'd pick out what they wanted, and everybody went away happy. Let me ask you if you're done with that line of question. Yeah, that's fine. Um, You know, you you talk about the Sutton 44. Are there any other uh, embellishments on that? Because I seem to remember, you know, they'd put little, like, I don't know if the fish are attracted to these or not, but the tiny little beads and things like doodads, I guess. Do you you (laughs) ornament any of these things in any way, shape, or form? We we do not. Okay. We, um, We don't do colors. We 
well, I say that, we have different metals of colors. So if you come in to buy a Sutton Spoon, you can get it all silver, so silver on both sides. You can get it silver on one side, brass on the other side, if you're doing a flutter spoon and some of the some of the spinning weight. Or you can get them where they're a copper base, so you can get all silver that's heavy and or silver with copper on the other side. Let me ask you this, because I'm a collector and I love, well, maybe a pack rat. Have you ever come across people who collect these things and say, you know, I've got a 1944 Sutton Spoon or anything like that? Uh, there are people out there, most of them that collect them, keep that to themselves. Tell, tell us why. There's a story uh, about the guy who said, I was out fishing today and caught nothing in the morning. Tell us that story. So this actually is a really common story. I, If I had a nickel for every time someone told me that story, I would be such a rich woman. But anyway, they'll they'll go out and and for a while Suttons were very hard to get uh, during the well about fifteen years ago it it got hard to get them uh, because of plater issues and manufacturing and all of that. And we'll talk about that hopefully yeah. soon. Yeah. But so guys that had Sutton forty fours weren't telling anybody they had them and were basically hiding them in their tackle box, worried that they would lose them and not be able to get any more. So they would go out on the water and they would fish and they'd fish all morning long. You know, this one guy, several, but the one in particular came in and he said, we were out on the lake. We were out on the lake by 6 a.m. and we fished till lunchtime and we didn't catch anything. We tr- they trolled up and down Canandaigua Lake, not a bite, nothing, for five hours. And he said, so, you know, we had a little bit of lunch, and he said, I, I just debated and debated, am I, am I willing to risk losing my Sutton 44, and decided to put it on. And within an hour and a half, he'd caught his limit mm. for the day. There's a story for you. Now, are these things used in competition, or is that a closely guarded secret also? No, they use them in competition. How would you know? Because if, you know, you've got like, uh, a, you know, uh, a magic uh, silver bullet, if you will, a Sutton Spoon, um, you don't want the competition to know what you're using to. Except if you if you win, for example, Canandaigua Lake Trout Derby a couple of years ago, guy caught wrecked size fish. I mean, we're talking people were, it was so huge that people were saying he had to have snuck it in and hmm. put it in the water because it was bigger than anything anyone's taken out of Canandaigua Lake and I don't know how long. But he he caught it on a Sutton. Beautiful. And when you win, when you win one of those tournaments, they usually say, what they what, caught it on. Yeah. So there so he was. You, do, and then do you see a bunch of new customers coming in the store? Oh, yeah. That is cool. It is very cool. We currently have a um, a, co- a company that does uh, charters. They're new startup company. They just started last last season. And they take guys out on the water. They use a lot of Sutton Spoons when they take them out and... We get a lot of business from them. They I'm, th- come I'm thinking of starting to fish right now. What about you, Superstar? No, 
No, no? Not, okay. not really. But <laughs> maybe just have a fish fry on Friday night. Yeah, yeah. I, I could do that. So, yeah. what, what's the difference, uh, Deirdre? With why are Sutton lures so much more effective? Apparently, why why do you catch your limit? And there's an advertising phrase: catch catch your limit with a yeah. Sutton lure. I can tell you what my theory is. Yeah, go ahead. And my theory is that a Sutton spoon will always outfish something else because it's handmade. And when you hand make something, your passion and your love for that thing, whether you're making a quilt or a painting, will always be more appealing. Be more appealing. To your customer, in this case a fish. I was gonna say so the fish all go, Wow, that's a handmade lure. That's a handmade I'm going for that. Well they well they well it fakes them out. It fakes them out and makes them think it's a real fish. They just they just do. I they mean They just do. I can There's I can another tagline for you. Really? Catch your limit. Why? How? They just do. I can I can give you a story to, yeah, please. to we illustrate love stories. That. Lab, this, that's what so, we're all about. Shortly after I came back to work for my dad, I had a guy call up, wanted a dozen 44s. Now, our spoons are wrapped in silver paper, and they go in a brown paper bag, and they're shipped out in a box. And so three, four days later, he's got his box. He calls back, and he is irate. He is just spewing. And I'm like, I don't understand what's wrong. Was there something wrong with the spoons? He goes, these are not real Sutton spoons. And I'm like, oh, no. These are real Sutton spoons. They're made the same way they've always been made. These are real Suttons. I don't understand why you don't think they are. He goes, the last Sutton spoons I bought, I bought up in the New England states, and they came in cardboard and plastic like all the other lures. He goes... And I fish them. They are so effective for me. That's what I want. I said, oh, you got the Sutton knockoffs. Hmm. He's like, yeah. no, these are real Suttons. They mm. say Suttons on them. I mm. said, yeah, I, I know. I, I know all about them. But those are not real Suttons. What you just got in the mail are real Suttons. I don't know if I want to keep them. I really want the other huh. thing. I want the Chinese knockoff. <laughs> so anyway, I said I did something I I don't do. And at that point, I was just back new. I'm working for my dad. I have no clout there at all. And um, so I said to him, I will make you a deal. You go out and you fish these spoons this weekend. You go out and fish them. If they don't outfish the other ones, I promise I personally will buy those spoons back from you. I'll pay the shipping, whole deal. You'll get all your money back, and I'll have used spoons. said, you fish them, call me back next week and tell me, tell me what we're going to do. Monday morning, 9 a.m., phone rings. This guy is, I, I, I don't even believe it. He goes, I did not believe you. I expected to be calling you back this morning saying, here's the address for the check. He goes, can I have another dozen, please? Wow. <laughs> awesome. Good story. Yeah. Um, so it can't be all a bed of roses. We were talking before we started recording about some of the challenges in your business. So um, talk about the silver plating issue, the OSHA regulations and so on and so forth. What, it's causing you a little grief, right? It is causing me a little grief. 
We always traditionally had jewelers do our plating. When I was a teenager, we had two different jewelers. In Naples, probably, right? Rochester, actually. Oh, Rochester, okay. Yep. Um, we would, uh, they would drive down, bring the spoons spoons back, pick up the new ones that they were taking. Um, so we always had beautiful plated spoons. It got more difficult as time went on, you know, trying to find somebody that was willing to do it. But um, we had continuous platers up until probably about 15 years ago. The last one kind of disappeared. And um, a friend of my father's was, well, how hard can it be? I'll, you know, I can do it. And he's been doing doing the plating for us for at 13, 14 years now. Local guy? Local guy up in Honeyoy. Um, great guy. Friend of my father's has continued doing it as a favor to me. But it's a side business for him. And we've gone from being able to get all we need to less. And he can only use non-cyanide silver because OSHA change. We have OSHA regulations now on silver plating. Silver, traditionally, the good silver has cyanide in it. Now, you know, I'm all for safety. You know, make make it safe. I, I don't disagree with that at all. But what they did was, in order to be able to use it, you have to get inspected. You have to get permissions. They give you permission for how much cyanide silver you can have. Um, and then you have to figure out the percentage of that that you're going to use. Um, I mean, I've talked to several guys in the plating business, and uh, it, it it's not an easy thing. You know, you've got government in all the time. And, uh, you know, my father was a government doesn't have the right to come in and tell me what to do with my business. It's my business kind of person, and he wasn't willing to try to deal with all that. Um, so what's the difference if you can't use you know the sil- the cyanide laced silver if that's the correct term? W- w- is there any vis- visual difference? Or? There is, unfortunately, it doesn't. The non cyanide is not as bright. It also doesn't adhere as well, um, and it doesn't stay as well. So it's harder to get it. The electroplating doesn't look quite as good as the other silver would. Um, it wears off faster. Okay, so yeah. if you if if you allow me to say, like maybe before with the good silver, it would last you uh, like a couple of lifetimes. Let's just say, yeah. so would it would a current um, you know would the current plating technology allow it to be called like a, a one lifetime thing or maybe a half a lifetime? Does the silver wear off after a while? What's, it does. The silver it? wears off after a while. You're you're looking at hmm. you know not nearly as long as it should be, but. The other great thing about our spoons is, you know, if the silver, um, once that starts to fade or come off some, um, a lot of guys use tape or they paint them. So you can get, you can get reflective tape. Um, they trick them out with all sorts of things. You know, guys that want color and all of that, that's a way to do it. Can they be re- replated? If you can find somebody to do it. Mm-hmm. Would you um, guys do it? I mean, if they're your lures, obviously. I mean, if they're the problem is, I'm having trouble getting my brand new ones plated. Oh, okay. To send to replate is actually 
harder to do than plating originally mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they have to go in. They have to actually buff all the old silver off. Oh, yeah. Get it down to a clean surface and then replate it again. And every time you do that, um, there is some risk involved because you've got holes at both ends. And those holes are punched before they go to the plater. And if you're replating, of course, the holes are already there. Um, when they're buffing, if they don't do it right, they can do what's called pulling the hole. So you end up having a pull, a hole at the end that's kind of teardrop-shaped. Yeah. And if it gets too far to the end, you run the risk that the ring and hook are just going to go right right out the end of the spoon. Yeah, I had a question, and it just got a flew out of my head. Uh, let's talk about the T-shirts. T-shirts. The T-shirts are amazing. Uh, back early 80s, um, a Naples graduate, someone I went to school with, started his own uh, screen printing business and came to my father and said, would you consider doing T-shirts? Um, I'm starting a new company, and I'd really, you know, this, this would be a way to get me off off the ground. And my father said yes. And so they worked together to design this great T-shirt that's got our our logo on it. It says Sutton Spoons, and then it's got the Sherlock horseshoe that's upside down because Sutton Spoons are so great, you don't have to keep the luck in your horseshoe because mm-hmm. sure luck to use them. And then there's a trout with a spoon and the hook waiting for the fish to eat it. Heading into his mouth. Heading into his mouth. Look at the Facebook page, folks. I'm wearing one of those T-shirts. It's, a, ha- it's a handsome shirt. It's a it great really shirt. It really is. It's a great and, uh, logo. Um, go ahead. Were you going to say something else? Well, they, we've been doing it a long time, and we've expanded You know, doing more than just the Traditional shirt. I'm assuming since spring and summer is right around the corner, you're probably up to, uh, you know, stocked up on different sizes and colors, perhaps, hopefully. Okay. Just got a, just got a bunch in less than a month ago. Yeah. For that hard to buy for person, right? That sports fan in your life. Yes. What other things can customers find in the store? I noticed you had seasonal clothing. There were shirts, hats, socks, even had some berets. This, I'm wearing yes. one today, but this is not one of the ones. Right. But I was uh, very tempted. I, I love I love a good beret. Um, yeah. And Superstar does, too. I know you do. I have my favorite hat. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. What else can have, people find in the store? Oh, my goodness. What can't you find? Um, <laughs> almost everything but the kitchen sink. We have um, – we still have some Carhartt. So I've got Carhartt jeans, bib overalls. Uh, sweatshirts, not so many sweatshirts right now. We will be switching over to Bernie on sweatshirts. And that's spelled B-E-R-N-E, and they are similar to Carhartt, you yes. told me. yep. Cool. Yep. Um, so that uh, chamois shirts, flannel shirts, Ooh. quilted flannels, uh, socks. We, we carry um, Fox River socks. They're wonderful, a wonderful company to work with and Great, great quality of sock. Um, Folks, you need to get to this store and bring your camera. There is so much to see. Historical photos, documents, 
cubby holes up the yin yang like you've never seen before. The the the, the you know the cabinets, the, the drawers, the safe, and not the least of which Deirdre is an interesting person to talk to. Um, and they they have the whole workstation for making the spoons. There is even a soldering station. Remind me what the soldering station is for. Unlike a lot of a lot of lures that use split rings for their um, for their lures, the Sutton Company has always made their own rings for the ends of the hooks, and they are solid rings. We cool. solder them closed. So you never have to worry about your ring pulling apart and losing your lure that way. Mm-hmm. One, one last question, because I know we're running out of time. Yeah. Did, did you, you said you, you stamped the model number on there, but there, are there any serial numbers or anything else that could help date uh, an old Sutton? So, you know, if people see them in a, you know, you, a lot of times you see uh, tackle boxes with old lures. And if they, if they find a Sutton, how do they know if it's from the 40s or the 70s or the 90s? or Well... Unfortunately, there are no serial numbers on them. Uh, anything made from the 50s on is going to look totally the same. The early Suttons, the logo was a circle. The ones that we made had a circle on them. Ones prior to us, so prior to 1930, um have the name R.S. Sutton on them. Okay. And what are your hours? Because we're kind of wrapping up yep. here. We right now we're in winter hours. We're open nine to five, Monday through Friday, nine to three on Saturday. Uh, after March first, we'll be back to regular hours, which is somebody's always there by eight thirty, and we're open till five thirty at night, okay, six beautiful. days a week. So uh, that's Deirdre Stevenson of the Sutton Company, sellers of uh, or purveyors of fine fishing tackle, t-shirts. Hats, socks, uh, clothing, everything you can shake a stick at. They're at 120 South Main Street in Naples, New York. 585-374-2628 or suttoncompany.das. That's Delta Alpha Sierra at Gmail. Suttoncompany.das at Gmail. Uh, Deirdre, thanks very much for coming in, but we don't want you to go away quite yet because we have one other thing we do after the next break. Sure. If you see me walking down the street and I start to cry each time we meet, walk on by, walk on by, that you don't see the tears, just let me grieve in private, cause each time I see you, I break down and The all 
all-new Victor Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram gives you an assist to get through this winter. Save 25% below MSRP on a 2023 Jeep Gladiator Mojave 4x4. There are 11 to choose from. Lease a 2024 Jeep Wrangler 4-door Willis 4XE convertible. Only $319 a month for 36 months. 7,500 miles a year, 2,500 cash a trade, must have lease loyalty. The 23 Jeep Grand Cherokee Altitude is only $379 a month for 39 months. 7,500 miles a year, 3,500 cash or trade, must have lease loyalty. Or check out a 23 Jeep Renegade Latitude SUV 4x4. Just $239 a month for 39 months. $2,500 cash or trade. 10,000 miles a year must be conquest every trading lessee. First payment, DMV, taxes and fees due at signing. Other conditions may apply. See dealer for details. We are here to fully serve Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram customers in Victor, Canandaigua, Macedon, Fairport, and Finger Lakes. Visit the most beautiful new vehicle sales and service dealership in the area. Victor Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. 6484 Route 96, just east of Victor. Tom Wall's team member, Emily. We don't want you to stop in for a Tom Wall's Haddock Dinner. We want you to stop in every week for a Haddock Dinner and bring your family. We like hearing your family laughing and enjoying themselves. They bring joy to our restaurant. Crispy golden haddock, hot crispy fries, and just-made coleslaw. That's what we bring to the table. Now you, you make it a family tradition. Tom Wall's. Good. Good. Share the good times. Tom. Hey, if you like history and you like airplanes, the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York, is the place to go. Tours, exhibits, events, vintage aircraft, and more. Visit NationalWarplaneMuseum.com for more details. All seasons wine and spirits. Why go to the big liquor superstores in Rochester when you can save and park right next to the front door at All Seasons? They'll carry your discount case purchases to your car with a smile. Voted best in Livingston County. All Seasons Wine and Spirits, 255 Main Street in Avon. Time Out Radio Show on the WYSL stations. Good time, <laughs> Chick Corea. That's uh, Estancia from I forget the name of the album, but it's a it's a good uh, touchstone. Is the album 1980s? I think. So, Deirdre, thanks for coming in again, and um, we're going to play a little game now. This is called what is this called again? Superstar Rita Record. Well, first we're going to do the Comparoscope, right? Yeah. We haven't and done then, the then Raider Record. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Raider Record. That, after was, that was the game. Yeah. That's the game. Yeah. Comparoscope is not a game. It's very serious. And Turn let's, tootin'. And let's do that right now. It's another WYSL timeout. Comparoscope. Comparoscope. And that's a side-by-side comparison of an original or early song recording and a popular cover of the same song. Today we're featuring a song for you which was written by none other than Leon Russell. 
And um, let's see, it was on his first solo album entitled Leon Russell. Where do they come up with this stuff? It was pure genius. I know. It was released in 1970 on the Shelter label, a slow, pained plea for forgiveness and understanding from an estranged lover. The tune is one of Russell's best-known compositions. Russell sang, played piano, and played tenor horn on the recording. It has been performed and recorded by over 200 artists spanning many musical genres. Let's listen to the 1971 live version by Leon Russell. Born Claude Russell Bridges on April 2nd, 1942, passed on November 13th of 2016, was an American musician and songwriter who was involved with numerous best-selling records during his 60-year career that spanned multiple genres, including rock and roll, country, gospel, bluegrass, rhythm, and uh, southern rock uh, blues rock, folk, surf, and the Tulsa sound. His recordings earned six gold records, and he received two Grammy Awards for se- for seven from seven nominations. In 2011, he was inducted into both the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Songwriters Hall of Fame. The comparison today is Ray Charles. This is from 1993. Ray Charles Robinson Sr., born 1930, passed in 2004. Well, if you don't know who he is, he must have been living under a rock with some snails and slugs and things like that. So anyways, let's just play Ray Charles and listen to it. I've been so many places in my life and time I sung a lot of songs, I've made some bad rhymes I've acted out my life in stages With 10,000 people watching But we're alone and I'm just singing this song for you I know your image of me is what I hope to be I treated you one 
So uh, he recorded that version, and it earned him a 1994 Grammy Award for the Best Male R&B Vocal Performance. Uh, So I don't know how we're doing on time, but let's turn to our guest, Deirdre, and uh, the lovely Deirdre Stevenson. Uh, Which version of that song did you prefer or not? And maybe give us some insight as to why. Uh, Style-wise, my preference would have been the second one. Simply because I appreciate that vocal style a little bit more, um, but I can appreciate the artistry of the first one as well. Um, so it it would it's slight nod to number two okay. as opposed to number one, but sure. um, good the, answer. The first one really listened to it and it and it immediately brought Billy Joel to mind. Okay. Similar, very similar in style to if he was going to sing that, what I think he would have made it sound like. So, anyway. Okay, it's very good. Appreciate Superstar, it. how about you? You know, this has happened once before here on uh, on the Comparoscope, and I can't choose. Can't uh, choose. Each each one is so strong in its attributes. I mean, first one, of course, uh, Leon Russell is the author, the composer, and him singing so passionately. Greatly admire his piano playing, and he's singing through you know his semi teeth, and he's just being Leon, and it's a beautiful thing. And then Ray is so smooth and so passionate, and nice uh, nice arrangement. So I can't. It's a it's a tie. Okay, so I guess it's my turn. Um, I you know I love Leon, uh, and I, and I gotta like as as Deirdre said, give him a nod for writing the song. And Superstar said this as well. His vocal style is not for everybody. Um, you know, we could go into that some other time. We've probably talked about it before. Uh, I did like him, but I'm going to give it to Ray Charles. I just thought um, it was a little bit more moving and, uh, you know, a little bit more soulful, if you will. So I don't know. So that's two for Ray Charles and one on the fence. And I totally understand that, Superstar. So that's the show. That's show number 190. Thanks for listening. We're going to bump out with something for the Mardi Gras. This is Professor Longhair. Go to the Mardi Gras. See you next week. Time Out on the WYSL Stations is brought to you by Victor Chevrolet and Victor Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Somebody'll tell you what's carnival for. 
Get your ticket in your hand. You wanna go to New Orleans? Get your ticket in your hand. You wanna go to New Orleans? You know when you get to New Orleans, somebody'll show you.